The climate crisis, it's never ending. It lingers. It stays around. It took a bit of a break during the Voldemort virus psyop that we had, the intense psyop that we had over the last three years. But this one, I think, is more intense. I think it's lingering, constantly being reframed. And now we have a generation of completely brainwashed children who cannot seem to hear a differing point of view or have any sort of rational conversation around it. So we're going to talk about that today because what I think was happening is we are seeing a push for a totalitarian system and call it communism, call it socialism, whatever you want. But I also think that there's other interest groups using this to their advantage as well, as you always see in these types of situations. But all of this, this climate stuff that you think you kind of just roll your eyes at when you see it, it's it's far worse than we think. The amount of people and groups involved This is not going to go away, and it's affecting all of us, just not in the way that the the climate crazies think it's affecting us. So we're going to go into that in one moment, but as always, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy, and conversation. Please remember to subscribe, share this if you're on social media and you like the episode, share it. It's a big help. And uh, like and comment and any other good thing that you can think of. Okay, well, you, I'm sure you've noticed COP27's on, the United Nations Climate Conference. It's huge, it's a massive deal. People flying in from everywhere on their private jets. They've got their own app for the conference. People are taking selfies in front of the big sign. Oh, it's just it's an incredible event. And like-minded people all coming together. Of course, I'm sure the dissenting voices are there as well and everyone's having rational debates and and trying to figure things out in a logical way i'm sure that's that's happening of course this particular one's being held in egypt and recently i was well actually i was thinking you know the one thing you never hear with these groups whether it's the united nations the wef uh, the various ngos pushing climate change and equity and that kind of thing you never hear them talk about god do you and so i was thinking that on the weekend and then of course a story comes up that there will be a world first climate repentance ceremony with various different leaders of different faiths that was christian jewish muslim uh, sikh all of these uh, religions that is going to be happening and they wanted to do it on mount sinai and have a, a climate change 10 commandment thing happening but that is now going to be held in london because there was security issues with all of this or something not sure what was going on there. And then I also read out of, uh, I think it's out of Israel. Must be out of Israel. Anyway, somebody, some young climate activists uh, smash tablets atop Mount Sinai to launch faith-based climate push. So that happened on the weekend. And I just thought, isn't that interesting timing? And that really did show me how intense this is all becoming. Because as I mentioned... God is never mentioned in any of these groups that I see anyway. And suddenly, here's the push. We better bring religion into it and get people on board. And this is where I think, I've talked about this to a lot of people, I think a lot of Christians fall for socialism because they, they without knowing what socialism is because it's, it's pseudo-Christianity. It sounds nice. It sounds kind, but it's not. It's giving power to the state and it's against God. It's anti-freedom, but the words coming out of it are, you know, equitable and kindness and empathy and 
don't you want to look after the environment and, and the world and help the poor? So I think it's, I think a lot of Christians fall for socialism because of that. It's socialists are very clever. They'll distort religious language. They'll distort the Bible. They'll distort God's word. And then a lot of Christians uh, fall for it. And you see it in the churches as well. And I don't know what the Pope's up to, but he came out and had some climate commandments about six or seven years ago. So a while ago, he, he was actually pushing this as well. But I just thought, well, it, yes, it's interesting, very concerning, obviously, but interesting because you never hear God being talked about and suddenly here comes the faith-based push for climate change as we gear up for the whole 2030 agenda that we constantly hear about. Now, I say this is worse than we think because, yes, COP27's on. I guess it's the largest conference that they do. But as I was looking into this, you have the COP15 coming up in uh, in about a month, I think it was, in Montreal. Yeah, in 7th of December 2022 to the 19th of December, the Montreal Biodiversity Conference. It's never-ending, people. So we've got the United Nations Climate Change Conference on, COP27 right now in Egypt. We've got one coming up in a month in Canada. Last month, we had one in Brazil. Did you hear about that? Because I didn't see that in the news. It was the C40. And I'll talk about them in just one second. There's some interesting names funding that. You know, I'll go over to their website now. And we'll talk about them just quickly. But the C40 is a network of mayors of nearly 100 world-leading cities collaborating to deliver the urgent action needed right now to confront the climate crisis. You notice how it's gone from global warming to climate change to climate crisis, and now that word is being used absolutely everywhere. Anyway, the C40 was founded in, it was a different name, it was less cities at the time, but it was founded around 2005, 2006. It's currently headed by who? Who? The Mayor of London. That's right, come on down, Sadiq Khan. And various cities from all, major cities from all around the world are part of this including I think Auckland New Zealand is part of it uh, a couple of Australian cities as well but they say C40 this is the defining decade for humanity so you see the push is really on but um, they had an open letter to the COP27 so the C40 mayors and governors from from around these cities that came together in Brazil of course I'm sure all of our taxpayer money funding these beautiful amazing trips for our leaders, our great leaders. Anyway, an open letter to the COP27 conference that they posted. They they all signed the open letter directed at world leaders attending this attending COP27. So, and uh, signed on behalf, I should say, by about ten or so of them, including Sadiq Khan, signed on behalf of all the C40 cities. Now they say, dear reader, we are mayors from some of the biggest, most influential cities around the world. The cities we, re- we represent are different, but many of the challenges we face are the same. We write this at an unprecedented time in our history as conflict, climate and high inflation threaten people's lives and livelihoods. Where did the high inflation come from? Gee, I don't know. Maybe it was all the lockdowns and the mandates. And it seemed to be the city leaders went right along with it too. So, I don't know, maybe you cause a problem and then you say, oh, must must be all of those... Uh, We've got, to, we've got to solve climate change. Let's just ignore the rest of it. Climate change. Anyway, one of the great things about this, about that line, particular line, is that they call for more funding for climate change. So that'll solve inflation. Give us more money to spend. 
Anyway, it says, uh, we can only tackle these crises together with a shared plan of action. It's always shared. We've all got to come together and be under the same plan, just like the Voldemort virus. If you didn't want experimental medicine, well, you don't care about grandma. Now it's, if you don't want radical climate action, you don't care about humanity and the world as a whole. Same shit, different psyop. Anyway, they say, we need a shared plan of action. And we have that plan. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. A to-do list for the world. Oh, isn't that just wonderful? They say, because we know that without a climate action at every level, see, this is a C40, so this is the city's level, and I'm sure our local councils and things around, the, around various countries are pushing a lot of this too, environmental stuff. In fact, the local elections here, there was almost nobody to vote for for me. Every single one was pushing climate change in their description. So the the brainwashing is deep with this. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about the environment either, because of course we should. This is a different thing that's being pushed. So it says, because we know that without climate action at every level, we will never achieve the rest of the goals and create a future where everyone can thrive on a healthy planet. But but we can't do it alone. In order to halve emissions by 2030, there's the, there's the year again, we need to take urgent action. The best way to protect people everywhere from rising prices, polluted air and extreme weather is to invest in cleaner, greener cities, not fossil fuels. So is this, we're going along with the Just End Oil thing now too, here in the C40. I don't know if that's going to lower prices. I think you're, probably going to rise prices oh short-term pain this is we're just gonna break a few eggs to make an omelet right is that what mal said the problem is is that when you when you say things like that you never actually make the omelet you just break the eggs and even breaking the eggs is a problem too isn't it because that's in reference to people now we are it says we are driving investment through science-based policies well i've heard that before too during the during the voldemort virus science-based Policies that turned out to be a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, it says, but further support is needed from national governments, particularly to improve resilience to climate impacts. We need national leaders to unlock the finance <laughs> to su- <laughs> sorry to support the critical work of city leaders. We need climate justice because the effects of the climate crisis won't impact all equally. Justice and equality. We need the private sector to work in partnership with us to mobilise resources, create good green jobs and invest in innovation. And we need citizens everywhere to help make the global goals a reality in their communities. Together, with your support, we can get the world's to-do list done. You see, they're calling for action. Here's the problem and here's the solution. And millions of people are buying this. They're buying what they're selling. And a lot of it has to do, again, I'll bring up God again, a lot of it has to do with people that don't actually uh, believe in God. They don't have a lot of meaning uh, in their life. And this is bringing meaning to their life. Regardless of whether it's true or not, they don't care. And, well, they do care because if you tell them that, well, I don't think it's it's exactly what, how you say it is, uh, watch, watch the rage come out of people. But isn't that interesting? Again, you get the same create good green jobs. It's just, you're just going to create the jobs, are you? It's not how a free market works. This is how socialism and communism work. We will create the jobs and you will have the job. You won't be working in the fields now, people. 
we will be working in good green jobs, which is probably in a mining pit getting those rare earth minerals to to build some more solar panels and windmills and whatever it is. So get get in the pits. We need those rare earth minerals, particularly you kids. Small hands. You see, they can get into the smaller crevices. Now, they also say on their website that their vision is of a climate action that is rooted in equity because we know that climate, social and economic justice can only be achieved together. This is just... It feels like it's right out of the Marxist playbook. And of course, leaders and elites and the wealthy, the big business, big corporations, they have no problem with socialism. It kills the middle class and just makes everybody on a lower plane apart from them. They'll run everything. Amazon and big supermarket chains, there'll only be a handful of them. That's that's why they like it. Because it kills small business, small medium business. Bye. We don't need you anymore. And we can make the purchasing choices for people by punishing them, whether if they're eating too much meat or not. You know, eat, eat a bug, get some credit, eat some meat. Oh, it's a penalty. This is all uh, part of the totalitarian dream. Now, I'm just going to jump over to the C40 Funders and Partners page because there's some very interesting names and they show up on a lot of these other organizations that well, they help fund including the big the big ones such as cop 27 anyway strategic funders so they've got different sections here there's a lot of names i won't read them all but strategic funders bloomberg philanthropies hmm interesting bloomberg you've got the children's investment fund foundation also is one of their strategic funders uh, major funders you've got the uk government You've also got the uh, Federal Ministry for the Environment uh, and Nature Conservation and Nuclear Safety. I think that yeah, that is out of Germany. You've got uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Denmark. You've got Inca Group, who is one of the companies that own and operate IKEA. You've got the Hewlett Foundation. You've got L'Oreal, which I assume is to do with the shampoo. It looks like the same logo. L'Oreal Foundation. Incredible. You've got the Open Societies Foundation. Come on down, Mr. George Soros. Now, it just goes into the funders section. So these people are just, or these groups, just, I'm assuming, give money without any sort of strategic. Maybe they're getting on to their, uh, getting their score up. You know, their, what's it called? The ESG score, is what I'm thinking of. Maybe that's why they're doing it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The funders, American Express, uh, FedEx, Google, as just some of the bigger names there. Now they've got City Network Partners, which is just more of these other organisations, such as the Global Covenant of Mayors for Climate and Energy. You see, you, you might roll your eyes at all this, but this is everywhere, and this is where a lot of our tax dollars go. Now, Partners, here's an interesting name for you, under Partners, the Clinton Foundation. Oh, that's very interesting. So you've got Soros, you've got Bloomberg, you've got the Clinton Foundation, Huh, very strange. But you've also got the World Bank under partners for the C40. The World Bank, yeah. So that's the C40 right there. I didn't hear anybody talking about it last month, but they're all talking about COP27 and and trying to fluff it up and get now getting, well, trying to use God's word and get God involved, get the religious people involved is, is what's happening. And I think it's very, very disturbing. 
Now, if you listen to the last episode I did, you would have heard me talking about New Zealand's energy independence and how we've kind of thrown it out the window by going to a full import model where they are completely reliant on other countries, uh, other corporations and elites, basically. We've given our energy up to the global elites. It's a globalist type of play. I mean, why else would you do it? Why else would you allow that to be effectively destroyed? If that is true that the pipes have been filled with cement, then it's now unusable apart from being a storage facility for oil, but it can't be used to refine anymore. In the 1970s, it was Henry Kissinger who said that if you control the food, you can control the people. If you control the energy, you control the country. Control the money, you control the world. That's he's That is often quoted to Henry Kissinger. Now control the energy, control the country. What's New Zealand just done? And on top of that, I just saw a photo of... There was some letters, some handwritten letters from Klaus, Mr. Klaus Schwab from the WEF, that came out from an Official Information Act request. I think it was the BFD that did that. It came out that Klaus had sent Jacinda Ardern personal letters and a copy of his book, The Great Reset. And I just saw a photo recently of Klaus and Cindy walking together at some conference. So clearly the handwritten notes work. On top of that, she's part of, or was part of, the Young Global Leaders network so my point with all this is it's i know we a lot of us roll our eyes at it and we roll our eyes at the the protests and the disruption and the crime that is being committed in the name of climate change and it's again i'm not saying we shouldn't care about the environment of course we should we need to find that balance but the climate change global warming climate crisis whatever it's going to be called next year who knows it's not looking after the environment it's a push for totalitarianism it's what we are seeing i go on and on about it it's pretty obvious when you hear the wef come out and say you will own nothing and be happy okay so no private property communism right then they say things like we need equality or you know justice and equality and you in as i just read there you'll have good green jobs for all or they say good green jobs for people another organization i read said good green jobs for all it's like okay well we're going to own nothing according to the wef a lot of these organizations are going to provide us with good green jobs whatever the hell that means but it sounds like from each according to his ability to each according to his need well that's communism and then of course we're going after the richer countries the developed nations the west we need to consume less is the message that we're be, that's being that's being pumped out there through i mean even scientific papers are saying that and media and all those kinds of things and we need to let the developing nations rise up while we come down right it's the again it just it and this just feels like the oppressor oppressor thing is proletariat bourgeoisie have some tension between the two. Oh, don't you care about the poor and the vulnerable? And if you don't, you're part of the the oppressor class. And that's been the play with a lot of this too, is no more classes. And that's that's communism, we're all equal. There'll be no middle class, no lower, no upper, whatever it is. The problem with all of this is that the government never falls away, the elites never fall away. There will always be an upper class, a rich class. We'll just all be equally poor. That's what will happen. There'll be no middle class. It's just destroy the middle class. And for the lot of the a lot of the Voldemort virus mandate stuff that happened destroyed a lot of the middle class. 
and you're seeing that with now hitting inflation of course inflation hits the lower class hardest first anyway but yes a lot of small to medium businesses gone decimated people's lives decimated over the last few years and as i mentioned throughout this episode now that they're mentioning god with with these interfaith uh repentance bullshit that's just come out but these other groups don't mention god and communism marxism anti-god they are they don't want god they don't believe in god uh and if you have because if you have god you have power above them and that cannot be the case and because of marxism pushing it out there that religion is just used to control the masses the opium of the masses i believe was the the saying but i just wanted to talk about this briefly because there's a lot of these summits and climate organizations and ngos and you're seeing all this you're seeing the younger generation that have been raised in this educated in this without questioning it and you've seen that in authoritarian systems or civil wars all around the world as child soldiers become a thing these are the climate child soldiers that we're seeing and they're hysterical they legitimately believe in what they've been taught anyone who disagrees with them is a bad person and their enemy and that's why you see the hysteria and i do feel sorry for them so but we can think of these kids as just brats and they're not grateful and they don't you know they don't know what they're talking about but they have been mobilized and are being mobilized what do you think greta greta thunberg was and the same the for the school strike for climate or whatever that nonsense is called where they get a few days off teachers can <laughs> teachers can have a break kids can go on strike who needs some learning but herein lies a big problem with the public school system is it can be used to teach kids any anything that the powers that that be deem appropriate or needed so if there's certain propaganda that needs to be pushed then the public school system goes into action and pumps that into the kids heads anyway i will leave this here for today i hope that was at least somewhat informative i just wanted to clear my thoughts on a lot of this because i think this is exactly what we're saying we're seeing a push for complete control of our lives in the guise of you know the sky is falling cried chicken little and i think to combat all this we get educated as much as possible and well turn to god as i've heard many theologians say god laughs at man's best made plan so ultimately yeah we're, we may be in for some tough times here with all of this but it won't last and uh well get educated turn to god read your bible that's all good stuff that's some things that we can do and and find people and that you can have reasonable discussions with find your community as they say just want to end this on some things that are a little bit more positive because i can't just bombard you with bad news the entire episode but we'll end on a bit of a positive note so there's a few little things that we can all do i think anyway leaving it here i'll talk to you again tomorrow this has been another episode of the arriving somewhere with matt j podcast commentary comedy and conversation talk to you in the next one